0: Hi, and welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. I'm Paula Parker, and I'm a weight and life coach. So we're going to tackle a big concept today, emotional eating, but I'm going to do it in a way that I hope is not going to feel very heavy to your ear, right? I feel like it's a bit of a charged uh, term. Um, So I really want to clear up what I think are some big misconceptions about this and provide a very practical way of dealing with emotional eating if this is happening for you. And also this episode comes with a PDF handout. So if you don't want to take notes or you're on the move, you can always go to my free resources section of my website or click the link in the description of this podcast episode and download the PDF on emotional eating. You'll also find access to all of my handouts and resources there as well. So I just want to mention also, we have some construction going on next door. So if you hear bulldozing happening, I will try to clean up the audio, but if you hear it, that's what it's about. And I apologize for that. Okay. So perhaps you've identified yourself as an emotional eater and it's why you clicked on this podcast episode, or you think maybe, but I'm not really sure. I just need to eat healthier. I know that for sure. Either way, you know, you probably think that emotional eating is bad, right? It's like a negative thing. So in this episode, I'm going to help you see where emotional eating is showing up for you and I promise that it is (laughs) and how it's actually a really good thing. So I know that sounds a bit crazy right now, but stay with me. So when you think of the term emotional eating, or you think of someone as an emotional eater, you might get a vision of a woman on the couch crying her eyes out while shoveling ice cream in. And those Seinfeld episodes out there, you'll notice they show Elaine eating Jerry's ice cream straight from the carton, she bolts into his apartment and then just reaches for the ice cream, and she's eating it when she's really upset about something, right? These are the concepts that we have around emotional eating. And I just want to offer that these are very flat, reductive portrayals of what emotional eating actually is. And then it's actually much more nuanced, subtle, and complex than that um, rendition of it, okay? So emotional eating can be defined as anytime we're eating for reasons other than physical hunger. So let that sink in a little. I'll say it again. It's when we aren't eating for true physical hunger. That's when we're emotional eating. So there is nothing wrong with this. Okay. I just want (laughs) to preface it with that. Like all types of eating, it's totally neutral. We eat out of guilt. We eat to be polite. We eat out of boredom. When we're in physical discomfort, like even being tired, right? That's a common one. And I joke that for me, even being a little cold was reason enough for a snack, right? My brain's like, discomfort, mm, food. I <laughs> made that connection. We eat to celebrate, to reward ourselves, to numb or escape what we're feeling if it's negative, um, and oftentimes even to escape something that's just really intense and it may be positive. We can emotionally eat to entertain ourselves, to squash anxiety, to relax, to procrastinate. We even eat to fit in and connect with others. So if you are still not 100% sure whether you are emotionally eating on a regular basis or not, um, and this can occur even in the moment when you just have the thoughts of food, your brain is suggesting a snack or to eat, and you're not really sure, are you physically hungry or emotionally hungry, right? And I just wanted to mention this because I think that for many of us, we often experience emotional hunger as real hunger, right? So that's where the nuance comes in. It can actually feel like you want something and there's desire and you interpret it as physical hunger. So when I say physical hunger, what I mean is I'm not talking about that desire for food that can be a physical sensation. Like, I do believe that. I believe that emotional hunger is real hunger. However, when I say physical hunger, what I'm talking about is when your stomach is empty and your stomach is growling. So you might feel a little lower energy. You might feel like that hollow sensation in your stomach and um, you feel like even if you have excess fat on your stomach, it feels like you're ripped. It feels like you have a six pack because your stomach is so tight. That is the feeling. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about. So I just wanted to put that out there because emotional hunger can feel like it's real hunger. Uh, and in a way it is, but that's not what I'm talking about here. So what is your reaction when I suggest only eating when you're physically hungry? So no more emotional eating what happens in your nervous system? Does that scare you a little bit? Do you dismiss it without even any consideration whatsoever? You're just thinking, oh, that's not for me. (laughs) Or does it intrigue you a little bit? Like, I wonder if that was even possible. I wonder what that might look like. So there's no right answer here. I just want you to get really curious about your immediate reaction. It may be an indication of how intertwined your emotions are with food right now. I know that when I first heard someone say that their goal was to eat only when they were hungry ever. I didn't think that was even possible for myself. And I also thought that they would be living a really boring, pleasureless life. That was maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago or so at that time, eating for entertainment and stress relief was a big part of my life. So the idea of not having that sounded almost absurd and not fun at all. So if that's you right now, it's no problem. I'm not suggesting that you don't enjoy your food or you stop eating for pleasure. I'm offering that there's a reality in which you eat out of a natural, healthy desire for food and you don't have any drama around it. Okay. That's what this podcast is all about. That's what we're aiming for here. So I want you to imagine a, one of those Venn diagrams. So there's two circles that are overlapping in the center. On the one side, you have eating on the other side, you have emotions and where they overlap is emotional eating. Okay. Now this overlap can be as big or as small as you want. And there can be a dance happening there, or there could be a fight. (laughs) There could be some fighting happening there, right? It's totally going to be up to you and what you decide is right for you. Okay, so let's get out of the theory part of this and into pragmatics, because you probably know by now that I am all about what is useful and practical. So I'm going to tell you what I've decided when it comes to emotional eating for myself and then how I do it. As you listen, I want you to be thinking about what you want to decide and create for yourself. It may look very different and that's totally great. So I've decided that I really don't want much emotional eating at all in my life. I don't want much overlap in my Venn diagram. I want my eating to be predominantly for fuel and my emotions to be separate. So I never eat when I'm upset, even when I'm physically hungry. I want to process my emotions first and then I'll eat after that. I also only eat when I'm physically hungry, unless I've decided ahead of time that I want to have something out of celebration, like a drink or dessert or something that for me is that dance part, right? Feels good. That's what I want. That's how emotional eating can feel healthy to me, right? It's something that I've planned and something that I choose and I feel really good about. I never use food as a reward and I definitely used to because I've cleaned up my thinking about this so i don't really need rewards that often anymore because just the way that i i think that i think about things differently but when i've had a bad day i'm not thinking i deserve something because i've had a bad day it's simply part of how i live to take care of myself if i need to take care of myself i will i don't really think of it in terms of rewards anymore. Now, if you do, that's great. If it works for you, that's awesome. All I would recommend is that you might want to think about other ways that you can reward yourself. And I'm also going to talk about that, um, at the end of this episode too, options for that. So now if I have had a hard day, it's like, it's fine. It was just, it's just hard sometimes to be a human, (laughs) right? I've practiced not turning to food enough times that it doesn't even occur to me anymore. Okay. So now full disclosure every now and then I'll find myself slipping into old patterns or, or that all or nothing thinking or feeling kind of crappy and thinking about food more, right? Just having some cravings or wanting to turn to food. I'm not perfect at keeping eating and emotion completely separate. So I'm working at this too, you know, to be fully transparent, but I will say that now when it happens, it does feel very unusual because it just happens so infrequently, right? So it's one thing to decide to end your emotional eating, but it's another to actually do it, right? The reason it's so hard to lose weight is because when we say no to ourselves, a painful emotion comes up. We can easily click the escape button, eat the food, and not have to feel that way in that moment. And when we do, we get really, really good at eating, but not very good at feeling the emotion, okay? Then when we experience painful emotions in life, like stress, we have a bad day, which we all will have eventually, then we turn to food to cope and overeat. So then it becomes a cycle that we can't get out of. So this is why I mentioned at the top of the episode, if you've identified these patterns in your life, it's a good thing. It's because now you're going to be fully equipped with how to solve for this and as a result, release the weight. But not only will you release the weight by doing this, you'll feel better in every aspect of your life too. And this is so critical in not only losing the weight, but also maintaining the weight loss. Right. So you can imagine, say you you're able to like drop fifteen pounds really quickly. Then you reach that goal weight and everything is great for a little while. And then you have start you start having some bad days. If you don't have these tools, most likely you're going to turn back to food, which is the reason that you put on the weight in the first place. Okay. So we just want to get around all of that and really develop a more sophisticated skill set when it comes to your emotions. So first I want to offer a framework for how to categorize emotions in a very useful way. So you can think of it as if there are two types of emotions, ones that move us forward, help us take action and ones that keep us stuck where we are. There are some really common painful emotions that come up around food, weight, and our bodies that tend to keep us stuck. They prevent us from taking action if we spend a lot of time feeling them, right? So people will say, you have to feel your feelings, but I want to suggest that there are certain feelings that we can actually spend too much time ruminating in. And I want to give you some really specific examples. So you know that I'm talking about, and you can identify them if that's what you're experiencing and then potentially shift out of them to take action and get what you want. Okay. The first one is confusion. This shows up as being unable to decide on a plan of how you're going to eat or deciding and then second guessing it the whole day. And as a result, not being truly fully committed and able to stick with anything. The next one is overwhelm. If you are either overwhelmed by how much info there is out there on weight loss, or by the amount of weight you want to release, it can stop you from trying anything at all. Next one is frustration This is the, maybe the most common one that I hear from my clients, and we can usually uncover some pretty big thought errors here. When we're frustrated, we think that despite all our efforts, our weight loss goal is out of our control. This is very disempowering. Frustration happens when you want something and there's something that feels out of your control that is preventing you from having it. But that's actually never the case when it comes to weight loss, right? Whether it's what you're doing or you're not doing, or if it's just how you're thinking about it, there is always something within your control. You can try something different. You can change one thing this week, do one thing differently. You can also shift your focus from perhaps what isn't working to what is working. You can even start letting it be hard if your brain is telling you it's too hard, right? Self pity is another one. So notice when you're feeling bad, when you're not eating everything you want and it's hard and you want it to be fun and easy, right? Or this can look like comparing yourself to others, how they look or eat and saying it's not fair. And I won't argue with you on that one. It's not fair, right? But so what, what now? It not being fair that some people can seemingly eat whatever they want and stay thin is a waste of your energy and brain space. I remember Oprah saying something similar to her trainer. I think it was Bob green. And his response was, yeah, but that's not you. (laughs) And she didn't say anything. She was speechless. And I think taken aback. So funny. Okay. So deprivation is the next one. Deprivation is maybe my favorite because this one comes up. So often, how many times have you said, well, I would do this or that, but I don't want to feel deprived as if we are not in control of feeling deprived or not. So that's key here. Okay. Pay close attention to this. We think that being deprived is inevitable when it comes to not having the food we want to eat in that moment. So we feel deprived. But what I've noticed with myself and with my clients is that the ice cream does not cause the deprivation. Their thoughts about having the ice cream or not having the ice cream creates the deprivation. Okay, are you with me here? So if you really have decided for yourself that you are not a woman who eats ice cream on a regular basis, whenever they feel like it, or whenever it's in the freezer or whenever someone offers you the ice cream, you don't feel deprived when you are thinking, I don't want that. What I really want is to fit into my clothing, is to be the best version of myself, right? I'm actually happier without it. It's not worth it when you're in that train of thought. Now in the beginning, this is really hard. You probably do want the ice cream, right? Because your body is used to that dopamine rush. It's used to that intense pleasure end. So your desire is really strong. When your desire is really strong, it's hard to manage your thinking in that moment. It's like in that moment, we don't really care that much about being the fullest expression of ourselves <laughs> and living our dream life in our dream body. In that moment, we don't really care. What we do care about is the ice cream. So this is why you need to do your thought work, your daily 15, so that you're always touching base with what you truly want It makes it easier in that moment to stick to your plan. After a while, your physiological desire will diminish. Your identity will also start to shift and you will have zero desire for it. I promise. So I'm telling you, I would have never believed this unless I had this experience for myself. So I urge you to take a chance on it and just see, okay? How many times have you decided to have something because you've been depriving yourself all week and you feel like you just can't take it any longer. If that's the case, you may be believing that deprivation accumulates over time, but is that true? How can you feel past deprivation, like deprivation that you had last week? How is this possible? It's not possible. (laughs) It's not possible to feel a feeling from last week in this moment. What happens is that you feel deprivation in a moment and your thought is, I've been so deprived, I deserve this. That generates a feeling of more or intense deprivation and intense desire. We think deprivation is going to be inherent in weight loss, but it's not. Do we need to be eating sufficiently? Yes, of course. But deprivation is caused by how we're thinking about what we want and what we're saying to ourselves. When we decide we don't really want it, instead we want more, we'll experience less deprivation. Okay, there are a few more that I want to discuss. Impatience is the next one. And I did a whole episode on this, so I'll just briefly mention it here. Impatience can really get in the way of our progress when we want to see the numbers go down faster. When we calculate how long it's going to take us to reach our goal and it's not good enough right? Then we feel defeated and tend to be operating with less motivation, less energy, and eventually quit altogether. The next one is loneliness. I mention this one because I've spoken to women who say that they eat in the evenings when no one else is around. They say they're lonely and want to feel better, but why would you ever choose to be lonely? Your thoughts on being alone can generate loneliness or not, Depending on what you think about being alone. So, being alone is neutral. I also know women who are alone and absolutely thrilled about it and would not change it. Okay, these women are not lonely. (laughs) I also know women who are with someone and they feel lonely. I'll bet you can think of people like this as well. Okay, it's not being alone that is creating the loneliness, it's your thinking about what being alone means. Regret is another one. So, regret gets in our way because it's so past focused with no upside. Whether it's the years you regret so focused on your weight or food, and you look back and you're like, ah, I was totally thin then. Like, why did I think that I wasn't? Or it's regret about the bagel that you ate yesterday. It doesn't generate activation energy for moving forward. If you find yourself regretting something, The antidote is self-compassion and curiosity. What can you learn to help you move forward? That's how we shift regret. Next one is entitlement. You should be able to eat whatever you want, right? You should be able to eat whenever you're hungry. That sounds right. Right? You should be able to have a few days off on holidays and not gain any weight when you get back. <laughs> I want you to question all of that. It's like what they say in relationship counseling, you know, like you can be right, or you can be happy. <laughs> you can eat whatever you want. That's true. You can eat whenever and in as much quantity as you want. Always. That's your right. As an adult, that's your right. As a, as a woman who can make her own decisions. Okay. And You get to choose not to because you want to change your shape. That is also available to you. Okay. And then the last one is aversion. So this emotion can look like disgust, dislike, or even contempt. So if you have aversion to either eating healthy, like eating vegetables, you think it's going to be super bland and boring or to the way your body is right now. You may want to shift your thinking in these areas. Again, same theme overall. So long as we're dwelling in these emotions, we're not feeling empowered, optimistic, and problem-solving. And that's what will make the difference. So if you have ever felt stuck on your weight loss journey, I guarantee you were actually feeling one or more of these emotions, but maybe you weren't even aware of it. So when you think you are stuck or you find yourself feeling one of these emotions, it's a signal that it's time for some thought work, right? It's time to take uh, an inquiry into what's going on in your brain. We need to explore the thinking that's generating these feelings and clean it up so that we shift out of it and move forward. It's really an opportunity to get to the truth. And oftentimes we'll uncover more of a root feeling like, anger or sadness or fear, like one of these core big feelings. In that case, we don't want or need to change how we're thinking about it. But to move forward, to take action, we really need to feel it and process that emotion right through. So let's talk about those emotions. So the painful emotions that we need to process are anger, sadness, fear, and disappointment. Okay. And you might think of some other ones too. These are ones that I'm offering. These are ones that I when I've done this work and given this a lot of thought, this has been has been true for me. Um, But I always encourage you to um, create what works for you and explore this and see what works for yourself. Okay. So how this might be showing up for you is in your eating. So if you're really food-focused or you haven't been following your protocol, there may be some underlying emotions here that you may or may not be aware of. And I want to note too, that they often show up really intensely when we have removed the food. Okay. So when you're sticking to a plan, oftentimes my clients will say things like they just experience their emotions more intensely overall, when they're not feeling basically full all the time or distracting themselves with food. So then it really, um, I want to say behooves, even though I don't actually ever use that word in real life, but (laughs) it behooves you (laughs) to learn this skill so that you can feel those emotions while you're on your journey and it doesn't prevent you from going back to food. Okay. So learning how to process your emotions is arguably the most important skill that you can learn to release the extra weight. Okay. So it's not counting calories. It's not even reducing carbs or drinking more water. (laughs) It's learning how to process your feelings. So I'm going to give you a step-by-step technique on exactly how to do that. Because most of us were never taught how to do this. I even remember being grumpy and my parents saying, well, maybe you just need to eat something. (laughs) So often we need to learn this much later in life. So you can do this technique when You're not sure what emotion you're feeling and you want to uncover it when you're just kind of in a bad mood and you're not really too sure why, when you've been eating off plan for a while, might be time to investigate, or maybe you're very aware of the specific emotion and you want to intentionally process it. Okay. So I'm going to go through all of the steps. I want you to know that you essentially just keep doing these steps uh, until you feel complete, or until the emotion has dissipated. Okay. And you can stop at any time if it gets too intense. So the first one is just to relax and do some deep breathing. So you can do one deep breath. You can deep breathe for five minutes, whatever you want. Next step is just to check in with your body to see what's coming up. Okay. Third step is to identify the emotion. If you can now name it, and if you can't name it, that's totally fine. You can still work with this method. You just feel it in your body. Okay. So that brings us to the next step, step four, which is try to see if you can locate it in your body. Okay. So perhaps it's, um, sadness can sometimes be like in your stomach, right. Or in the back of your throat, or maybe it's anxiety. And sometimes for anxiety, there's like a tingling in your hands and feet or a feeling of like, maybe it's in your head where can you locate it in your body? Step five is getting really in tune with what that feels like. So how would you describe it? What's its shape? What's its texture? Some people describe feelings as like clouds. Sometimes it's dense and rubbery. What's the temperature? Does it have a temperature? Is it warm? Is it cool? Is it hot? Is it cold? And then what size is it? Is it the size of a golf ball? Is it the size of a basketball? And it's like really big in your body. And then also you can ask, does it have a color? It may not. You might ask this question and nothing comes up and that's totally fine. There's no wrong way to do this. The idea is that we are drawing our attention to our body so that we're getting out of the thinking and we're processing that emotion. Okay. So then the next thing is to just rate the intensity. So when you're doing this for the first round, you might notice that the intensity is high. I like to use a scale from zero to six. For some reason, 10 just feels a little bit high (laughs) and that's a lot of numbers. That's a lot of um, sadness within a zero to 10 scale. I like zero to six, but again, use what works for you. 10 or six being the most intense, right? So just rate it, where are you at with that? And then what your next step is just to notice how it may change as you're doing this process. So as you're going back, as you're finding it in your body, as you're describing it, just notice if it changes. So it may change in shape, texture, temperature, size, color. It may change in intensity. It may first get more intense. It may get less intense. Okay. Our job is not to try to control it. Our job is just to listen and feel it. And then lastly, when you're ready, just remind yourself that it's okay to feel this emotion. So sometimes I'll say to myself, like, it's okay to feel sad, right? It's okay to feel sad right now. Do I want to feel sad? No, (laughs) it doesn't feel great, but I know that it's okay to feel sad. Okay. So that, those are the steps. And what I want to offer too, is that when we are new at this, It can be a bit much and we might just want to stop and you can stop at any time. That's totally fine for those of us, especially if we've experienced any trauma, it can be very challenging to go inward and to go inside the body. So just be very patient with yourself as you cultivate this skill. And I was thinking that it might be really helpful for some of you to listen to a guided version to do this. And so I'm going to also provide that on the podcast. So you'll find that I'm going to upload it as the next episode. It will be called guided emotion processing technique so that you can quickly reference this whenever you feel called to do this work and you want to do it with me. That's going to be an option for you. Okay. So you can also do this emotion processing technique to celebrate and to amplify your wins. Okay. So how often do we really take the time to feel our sense of accomplishment? How often do you do that? What I've started doing that I find is pretty awesome. (laughs) And I would recommend it is I do this as my reward. So sure. It's totally fun to go out for dinner and celebrate or buy something when we achieve a goal. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I recently celebrated by going to the bookstore with a girlfriend and we let ourselves buy all the books that we wanted. It was an interesting exercise because I kind of thought going into it that I would just go nuts <laughs> if I allowed to myself that much freedom and just to buy everything that I wanted. And surprisingly, I only really wanted four bucks. I just bought four bucks, not a hundred, like I thought I might do. So I'll let you draw your own connections with food on that one for yourself, right? And we know that when we feel that sense of accomplishment, really feel it in our bodies, we get natural dopamine, which helps us stay motivated to keep going and keep achieving and reaching for higher goals. So, there is no downside to it. So often we will achieve a goal and kind of bypass it, kind of feel it for like 2 seconds and then on to the next thing or dismiss it being like I just ate healthy today but like no big deal. But there's an opportunity there for you to use that to keep your motivation going. Okay. So that's what I have for you today. If you want to get the handout for this episode to use as a reference, you can go to the free resources link in my website, mindfulshape.com, and there's also a link in the description um, in the show notes. You'll also get access to all of my free resources there. So not just this one, uh, you can get all the tools to self-coach yourself on weight loss and be sure to try out that guided emotion processing technique episode that I'm going to be uploading soon to help you practice this skill and get really good at it. I want you to imagine what it would be like if you were an expert at processing any emotion that came your way. And one thing I didn't mention, but I should have, which is oftentimes we just want it. We don't, we just want to feel better, right? We want to feel better sooner. We want to get out of whatever negativity that we're feeling. And I want to assure you that going in like this and feeling it is actually the fastest way of feeling better. Okay, so sometimes we think, oh, well, just like having a snack or just like doing something fun, like online shopping or something, will make us feel better. But as you've probably noticed in the long term, that feeling just tends to creep up anyways. So it must be processed. So this is truly what listening to your body means. I want you to think about that. And it's not only the foundation for releasing the weight, but for keeping it off for good. I hope you feel inspired to take action on this and I will talk to you next time. Okay, bye.